Hey, 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 this is the time of the week for the Q&A. This is Brittany Dixon. Thanks for joining. Hey there and welcome, friend. This is Brittany with Courageous Radiance Podcast for Q&A number five. This question was submitted on Instagram. You can reach out to me. I would love for you to follow me on on Instagram at Courageous Radiance. And you can send me a direct message as well as you can head to the blog. There is a section there, uh, CourageousRadiance.com under contact where you can submit these questions. And listen, we go to the word and see what God has to say. This is done in a spirit of humility and the wisdom, any level of wisdom and and experience that I have is goodness, but by the grace of God. So he is the filter. He is the the most wise counselor. He is uh, truly who I am pulling from. But I think that this just provides an opportunity to talk about real, real everyday life practical situations. And I'm excited and I just pray that it truly edifies and just blesses you. That's, that's really the purpose of this is to give us a, a situation, a scenario, and maybe there's one person who is going through this, or maybe you just recently talked to a friend who was going through this and I pray that you share this with them, this episode with them. So I'm gonna start off with a question. What's the most important marriage tool or advice that can help my marriage thrive? One episode you said, you and your husband are not having troubles, but also not thriving. I wanted to hug you when you said this. I'm a hugger, so even post-COVID. So I would have been fine with that. Um, Sorry, side note. (laughs) I wanted to hug you when you said this. I always wonder if I'm not doing something. Maybe I need to date him more, spice up myself, have more sex, or that it's in our missed date nights. What one thing, and this is, that was capitalized for one thing, what one thing can you share for this good, and that's in quotation marks, good marriage? Friend, thank you so much for for sharing this. I reached out to you already on Instagram and we shared some conversation, but um, I'm so grateful that you're allowing me to share this on the podcast. And I pray that it truly blesses um, whoever's going to hear this. So, and to expound further from what she and I were already talking about, this idea of good, and, and that's, that's what I talked about on the podcast that she's referring to, being in the state of good because my husband and I lived in a state of bad for, I mean, we're about to celebrate our 16th year of marriage. I would say the first 10, nine to 10 were, were bad. So then we went from bad to good and it was like, okay, this is good. And then, but, but when does great happen, right? So, so good in, in air quotes. So good to me is not great. It's, it's almost the thief of great because you stop at good and say, well, this is good. I'm comfortable. We, you know, no one's fighting, calling the police. Uh, you're not cheating. I'm not, I mean, we're good, but how do you get to great? And we get too caught up and, and this is myself and my husband even we we got caught up in being good and even okay air quotes this is I know you can't see me I'm not doing this on YouTube but air quote okay but that's still not great and great to me is even great is is subjective my great to somebody else's marriage is not great to somebody else's marriage is not great as to is good and and even bad i mean even when i do share our testimony and we sit down to couples and different things or when i'm sitting down with someone and talking to them about my struggles or past struggles rather 
and they share goodness what they're going through currently or what they have gone through in comparison my bad and even horrible doesn't even compare to them and this is why we have to be careful with comparison because it's so subjective right so then what do we do we're kind of chasing our tail here what do we know what or what do we do the one thing friend i would share is it would not be a method i think methodology is is necessary it's great tools for your tool belt for your tool closet all of the things but methodology in of itself is even kind of subjective. If I want to do this math equation, goodness, sitting down with my fourth grade um, son, you see, I didn't say my, my ninth grade because I don't know what she's doing. I mean, somehow I passed high school, but I have no idea the math level she's doing. But um, when I'm when I'm doing math with, with, with our son, there's new methods compared to back when I did this. And it's funny when my father does it, does math with Caleb, he actually gets frustrated because he is such an educator and such a teacher and a great math person. And he's like, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. This is, you know, why they got to change stuff. See, different methods. So methods, there could be multiple methods because it's subjective. And it's also dependent on the season. For instance, if one of you, God forbid, God forbid, is, gets sick, like, and not a uh, cold. I'm talking about like, maybe you're in the hospital or maybe it is um, some new diagnosis or something, or it's a crazy work fiscal season. I feel like I have some, some really good friends who have busy fiscal work seasons. I wouldn't, you know, be in the hospital room or encouraging you, at coffee with your husband who's sick or a new illness for yourself and be like, oh girl, all you gotta just do is just like do two extra date nights a week. That's that's it. That's the cure for your for your struggling or air quote good marriage is date nights. So nothing wrong with the date night, nothing wrong with that method, everything wrong with that season, everything wrong with its application at that time, right? So can can I get real? Just just honest. Can I get real for a second? This is this is truly not churchy. I, I'm I love that Jesus is like not churchy. I love that Jesus is about relationship and not religion. Okay? This is truly not churchy. But even with saying that, I think we have to be careful because you are supposed to be set apart. I mean, God from the beginning, Deuteronomy set the 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 Israelites apart. You are supposed to be. So it's okay if you're like, why are we like one of eight couples who does it, who's trying to really pursue Jesus. And that's actually accurate. So while this, I'm not trying to be churchy, I also do want to just throw that little nugget in there. But this is, this is truly honest from my heart. Uh, and experiences. I, I, so it's not even just what I'm saying. I'm trying to be honest, but in my experiences, both are good times and are bad times. When I'm thinking of Eddie and I collectively good and bad. I can truly trace the lines of our great, air quote, great, or even our good times, air quote, good times, when Jesus was the greatest, most weighty thing in our individual lives and our marriage. Like when we were intentionally praying every single day and the goal was to pray and not necessarily praying for, you know, our struggling brothers and sisters in China. I mean, there's definitely days that we do that, right? But I'm saying prayer, quick 30-second prayer, whatever the Holy Spirit is leading one of us to say or, or do. So not making not making this be, well, okay, we don't have 30 minutes to pray. Well, no one's asking you to do that. So, but when we were intentionally praying, when we intentionally pray for our children, when we are intentionally having our own time with God individually, 
I can truly trace that back to when we were great. Like, seriously. There's no one, I wish, but there's no one method or one how-to. I really wish it was that easy. I, I think, I mean, and, and I would throw a lot of stuff into that bucket of I wish was easy. I wish weight loss was like that. I wish I could, you know, get my vitamins and everything like that. But it's really not one plus one. It's not that easy. I actually saw this funny reel on, on Instagram. I think I shared it in my story. Somebody did this reel and it was like a guy, he was playing chess. And the other guy that he was playing with was God, this pretend God. And he was like, okay, so you do this and I'm going to do this. And then the guy moves his, his other pawn and he, God was like, okay, you did that. I'm going to do this. Like he just kept intentionally shifting the game. And it was just so funny. I'm like, if that is not a, a real life application for how your, your relationship is, is with God, you think all of a sudden, okay, God, I've gotten here. And then all of a sudden you, you know, this got thrown into my midst. How do I deal with this? Right. But this follow me, follow me gospel. Jesus says, he's always saying, if, if you literally just even read everything, if you don't even have, if you're not reading your Bible at minimal, minimal, this is super minimal, read everything in red. If you have a, a red letter Bible, I mean, just follow the words of Jesus. Jesus, our Lord and savior. If you are a believer in this, this is, this is, this is like everything that hinges on. If you're not a believer, you're, you have an invitation. You have an invitation to follow the one who loves you, who died for, who died for you, who has um, abundant life planned for you. But follow me. Jesus says in me. He says, follow me. He says, seek me first. I am. Come to me. Come after me. I mean, do I have to keep going? I mean, literally, Jesus says that throughout. And so why do we and, and then I'm guilty of this. Why do we then separate our marriages from this same invitation of follow me or come to me or in me or I am or come after me? Why do we separate that from that from that invitation from Jesus? So a great marriage is truly and this is uh, Francis Chan and Lisa Chan said this. Um, he, a great marriage is a byproduct of an anchored life in Christ. So. I don't just want to go get the marriage book. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't just want to go to the marriage conferences and just do the date nights and just and just. I don't just want to do these things. That apart from an anchor, John 15, remaining in Christ is the, is the way. I mean, that's the only way. So it's so hard for you, you, know, for you to say one thing. That would be my one thing, literally. It is your anchor in Christ. It is your following in, of Jesus in spite, and this is a little, I'm going to throw this in here, in spite of what your husband is doing, in spite of what your life circumstance looks like, because that, that would apply individually or collectively, right? This is your follow me, not your husband's, yours. Our marriages truly fought, my marriage fell apart, didn't ever really come together, let alone fell apart even worse. Our, our, and we battled even when we got better, the air quote, good because we didn't infuse this follow me gospel like the true and only gospel that is the true gospel there's a whole bunch of gospels of some other of some other mess mess okay foolishness but the follow me jesus gospel that has to be infused in our marriages like there's no halfway disciple therefore if if there's no halfway disciple then 
having a half good marriage is is just as bad, right? Scripture, John 6, um, 63. The spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help out at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and our life. This is Jesus. But there are some among you who don't believe. And then he goes on to explain. I mean, obviously he's talking about Judas, etc. But and then even leading up until John 666, y'all, there was more people that were like legitimately following Jesus. I know we talk about the 12, but there was more following him. And when Jesus was like, I love how Jesus was like, listen, you probably don't want to follow me. Jesus was not, even though we try to beg people to, to follow Jesus into church, he's like, there is a cost and I want you to assess the cost of following me. It's going to be good. It's so worth it. It is so worth it. Like if there is any one thing worth it in my life, it is following Jesus. I mean, even above my kids who I was staying in traffic for, literally, literally, I have to follow Jesus. It's like not even a question anymore. And I've done it the other way. Trust me, I have done it and it's no good. No bueno. So deciding to following him is hard, but it's worth it. But in John John 6, 66, I know this is getting long. Um, there was many who deserted Jesus. They're like, and to the left, how do I get out of this? I'm not following this fool. Um, but y'all, so this follow me gospel to me is the, is the one way. So that the Holy Spirit and, and, and Jesus left, you know, mentioned in John 14, 26, leaving us with this helper, the Holy Spirit truly, truly, truly will help us in this following of Jesus. Following of Jesus is, it's like, I struggle to say striving because that's not my knee jerk. I don't want us to be striving, but it's pursuing. It's like intentionally, it's like an intentional decision making, like driving. I have a lot of different ways I can get to the grocery store, right? But I might turn this way and then I notice, oh, there's a roadblock. Okay, this way, I don't want to go through the school zone. I am intentionally trying to get to go get some coffee creamer. That's Dunkin' Donuts. I'm trying to get to the grocery store. So it's like intentionally, intentionality. You're not going to just land and stumble on discipleship. It's, it's an intentional pursuit of Christ. So that would be my answer. I would say, and, and then it just... In these methods, again, because there's nothing wrong with the tools, but it's just that when you have this connection with the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, I have to add this in. If if you have this connection with the Holy Spirit, if you're following Jesus in tune with the voice of the Holy Spirit, and he's literally leading and directing you every single way, he'll show you the heart of your husband. He really will. Like every day, all day. He'll show you his needs that day. He'll show you his needs that week. You know, maybe my husband's affirmation guy. So, you know, maybe... The Holy Spirit might show me, okay, you need to affirm, affirm, affirm all week. And he sees what I don't see. He might see that my husband had hundreds of bad phone calls of people ready to jump off the cliff because of how bad the market is, right? Or so it's affirm, affirm, affirm. And this other week, it's like, hey, I need you to make up, you know, get five of his favorite meals, make those this week, between this week and next week. And then, you know, maybe this other week, it's like, okay, buy a strip pole for your bedroom, you know, spice it up. Um, this week, I need you to initiate sex like five times, like, rub his back, make his plate before these kids, because they good, or make a couple extra date nights arrangements with a sitter and then surprise him. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, so there's the methods, but it came after I've decided to follow. So follow me, disciple, wife, then he'll give you all the answers that you need for the method. 
And I pray that has been a blessing. I know this has gone long. I cannot wait to hear the next question for next week. Y'all take care. Have a good week. Thank you so much for joining the Q&A time this week. I pray that this has been a time that you've been equipped and encouraged in Jesus Christ and in his word. If you have a question to share or a comment, please reach out to me. It would be a great honor. And I know that it would be a blessing to someone else that we can share the next Q&A. You can head to the blog, CourageousRadiance.com, as well as on Instagram at CourageousRadiance. Girl, get an anchor, and I pray that you remain in Jesus Christ this week ahead.